did you notice that the food delivery app they've become very smart with their notifications like swiggy and zomato in the middle of the week in the middle of the work day they send these really smart notifications and the other day in fact last week i got this notification swiggy sent it said hallelujah it's payday let the guilt free indulgence begin that's that's the actual screenshot i thought you won't believe me so i thought i'll put it up they in fact said hallelujah it's payday and i and i thought to myself hallelujah is no more a christian thing the culture has adopted it and it's given its own meaning which is which is probably not even close to what the bible intends it to be if you google hallelujah uh, depending on where you're googling and who is googling the first thing that will come is leonard cohen's song hallelujah it is far from a biblical song the, the the chorus is hallelujah but it's talking about it uses biblical characters and talks about their failing and and the chorus is is going hallelujah hallelujah the uh, couple of uh, i think couple of months ago the song was playing um, at in my parents home and my mom was literally when the chorus came she was worshiping hallelujah and then my sister had to break it down ma this is what's happening in the song this is not a christian song hallelujah is now not just a christian thing the culture has stick it's all, it's in our movies right we we see we see the characters saying hallelujah or praise the lord and not really intending it to be the actual meaning that the bible um, that the bible speaks about what is hallelujah it's two words hallel which is praise and yah which is the derivative of yahweh the lord hallelujah is literally praise the lord and as christians we are also probably guilty of using it in less than appropriate ways when we get what we really want like hallelujah when when we get that final that salary raise that promotion irrespective of whether we have the lord in our minds we're just like praise the lord sometimes it even takes sarcastic notes right when when our spouse is is finally uh, not throwing the wet towel on the bed and hanging it praise the lord you know we we as christians also use this in an inappropriate ways which which are not how the bible intends it to be so what does it really mean how does this praising the lord really play out in our lives does it involve singing like we sang all praise to christ talking yes it does but it's got to be more than that today we're going to be looking at psalm 146 uh, if 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 this is your first time in a church psalm psalms are an amazing collection of poems and songs uh, written about god and and uh, the, the psalms are really the hymn book of the bible right we're going to be looking at psalm 146 and this is part of the last five psalms and these these psalms are called the hallel psalms because all of these psalms 146 to 150 start with praise the lord and end with praise the lord yeah um and and we we're going to be looking at from this psalm from psalm 146 what it truly means to praise the lord with all our life i'm i'll requested joshua to read the chapter for us psalm 146 praise the lord praise the lord o my soul 
I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all the generations. Praise the Lord. This is God's word. Thanks, Josh. Uh, Shall we just pray before we get into the talk this morning? Uh, Father, we uh, truly, uh, you've enabled us to worship you and praise you in the time of worship. Um, You, uh, Holy Spirit, you've set Christ at the top of our hearts. You enabled us to raise his name uh, amidst your people. We truly want to thank you. But but would you would you uh, open uh, this word? Would you would you um, break it down and show us what it truly means to praise you with all of our life? Um, just as the psalmist says, "I will praise you with my entire being." What does that mean, Holy Spirit? Only you can show us. Would you do that to our hearts? Uh, would you speak to us in your name? We pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I've titled the talk "The Lifestyle of Praise." Uh, that's what the psalmist is calling us to. Uh, we're going to be looking at three things. The first thing is the call to a lifestyle of praise. The second thing, we're going to be looking at the heart of our praise problem. Uh, the heart of our praise problem. And the third thing, we're going to be looking at growing in a lifestyle of praise. The first is the call to a lifestyle of praise. This is what the psalmist is saying. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. He's calling his own soul to praise. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. He's calling his own soul. English it's saying praise the Lord. But in Hebrew it's hallelujah. Hallelujah, oh my soul. The psalmist is saying, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. While with, with my entire being, while I have this being, I will praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord. What is he saying here? This is 24-7, 365 praise till we die. He's not calling for a few moments of praise here and there. He's not calling for a few seasons of praise here and there. But he's calling us to an entire lifetime of praise. What does this mean? Does this mean chanting hallelujah, 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 hallelujah? No. What he's talking about, he's not calling for lips that continuously praise, but he's calling for lives that continuously praise the Lord. What does this look like? Look at what he's saying. I'll praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Look what he's saying immediately. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. And on that very day, his plans perish. Praising God in all of life is expressed 
entrusting God with all our life. Immediately he's saying, I will praise the Lord while I have this being. Immediately he's saying, put not your trust in princes. But then he's saying, those whose hope is in the Lord, they are blessed. Praising God with all of our life is expressed in trusting God with all of our life. I can come here on a Sunday, sing all these praises, but my heart is functionally not trusting God and it's trusting in my own self and in other people. Then the object of my praise is not God. The object of my praise is probably my own self. We are no different from the celebrities who endorse brands and praise them on social media. They, pro- they, they, they show these products on screen and they're like, I trust this product. This is the product that I use. But back home, they're using something re- completely different. That's what it looks like when we come here when our well-meaning the hearts, I know that we want to praise the Lord, but functionally, our trust is in something else. And that's the object of our praise. How is God praised when we trust Him in specific areas of life? At work, when we respectfully push back, when we are forced to make work all of our life, even though it puts our career at risk, we're saying, Lord, I trust you with my job and not my boss and not my company. I trust you with my career. When we do that, God is praised. At home, when we take proactive and intentional steps at home to ensure that we're enjoying Jesus as a family, I have a lot to grow in this. Even if it means that we're we're cutting down some of our TV time, even if it means that we're probably uh, cutting down on some extra sleep to come together and pray together as a family, I know that these things don't come naturally. We need to take intentional steps. And when we do that, we're saying, God, I trust you with my family and nothing else. God is praised in our family. In our marriage, in our dating, in our singleness, when we trust God's plan for marriage, of our sexuality, and respect the boundaries that he's placed for us, despite the immense pressure that the culture has put on us to subscribe to it, we're saying, God, I trust you with my sexuality, with my relationships. God is praised so the heart of genuine praise of God is actually genuine trust in God at the heart of genuine praise of God is actually genuine trust in God so then so then why do we struggle how do we struggle to live a lifestyle of praise what is at the heart of our praise problem If a lifestyle of praise is grounded in a lifestyle of trust, then the core problem is simple. We trust in our own selves or fellow humans more than we trust in God. The help we get from our own selves or the help we get from other people who we count on and rely on 
let's be honest sometimes doesn't it feel more tangible than actually depending on god and and waiting with complete surrender sometimes the help we are are our dependence on people and the help we get from them seems a lot more tangible to us why do we trust in men more than we trust in god because we value men more than we value god our hearts value men more than we value god and what our hearts value highly that will it praise so functionally this is at the heart of our problem we have an inflated view of self and a diminished view of god this is at the heart of our praise problem we have an inflated view of self and a diminished view of god and that's why the psalmist is helping us see two realities firstly he's helping us see the reality of who man is he's saying put not your trust in princes in a son of man who in whom there is no salvation when his breath departs he returns to the earth and on that very day his plans perish he's helping us see man he's helping us see ourselves as frail mortal weak in whom there is no salvation and then he's helping us see who god really is he's saying he who made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them who keeps faith forever who executes justice for the oppressed who gives food to the hungry the lord sets the prisoners free the lord opens up the blind the eyes of the blind the lord lifts those who are bowed down the lord loves the righteous the lord watches over the sojourners and he says he upholds the widows and the faith and the fatherless and the ways of the the wicked he brings to ruin and he says the lord will reign forever he's helping us see god as the immortal omnipotent creator savior who is always faithful he's helping us see man as frail mortal weak sinful and he's helping us see god as immortal omnipotent faithful savior friends unless we see these two realities we will never grow to praise god with all of our life it will just be a fake lip service when we have to sing these songs our hearts won't be moved to praise him unless we see these two realities so friends allow me to ask us this question whose praise are our souls singing in the week is the constant note oh i am so good i deserve this i am worth it or is it saying god you're so good despite my sinfulness i i'm i'm not worthy of any of this but it's you your goodness is it constantly saying i am so worth it i deserve all the good things in life great job great boss great office great great girlfriend great boyfriend great wife great husband or is it crying out i am worthy of nothing good apart from your goodness i don't deserve any of this i am not worthy you are worthy does our heart grow bitter when things don't go well for us 
does our heart grow bitter towards God? Are we striving to carve our own value and worth in this world and make a name for ourselves and are not comfortable with our worth in Christ? What is our soul singing? Whose praise is it singing all through the week? The psalmist is helping us see who we really are and who God really is. And our hearts often forget this reality. You know, this is also so difficult because it's so contra-cultural. What is the culture constantly telling us? Trust in yourself. Back yourself. You've got it in you. Trust in yourself. And, and, and the gospel is the exact opposite. Gospel is telling us, you cannot trust yourself. You are frail, sinful, fickle. One day your mind thinks like this, on the other day it will change its mind. You cannot trust yourself. You don't have it in you. Put your trust in God. And, and this is the hardest part of trusting God. It is actually admitting, I am frail, I am fickle, and I am flawed. Friends, it's unbelievable how blind we are to this sin. I mean, when, when I was looking at this psalm, I was like, God, okay, I see this as sin, I see this as sin, but my heart is not moving to see the seriousness of it. I know that trusting in men more than trusting God is, is, is not a wise thing to do, but I don't see it as a grave sin. And, and when the Holy Spirit actually moved my heart to see, I, I was like, whoa. This is crazy. The Bible begs to differ that it's not a big deal. Even though our hearts today are saying, I know that it's not a big deal. The Bible begs to differ. Look at what Proverbs chapter 28 verses 29 says. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. And Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 5 takes it even deeper. He says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. It is literally saying, cursed is the man who trusts in man more than they trust in God. I'm really hoping that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to see the reality of this. Let's, let's dwell on it a little longer. Allow me to share how an inflated view of self affects us in our daily lives. Uh, from, from my own childhood, I've always been told that I'm a good kid. At church, they, they got me to lead worship and preach very early on and all the other parents would look at my parents and say, oh, I wish, I wish our kids grow up like your son. And that boosted myself. I, I was like, whoa, I'm the real deal. And this didn't stop at, at school. They, they voted me as school captain in, a, in, in like a major voting thing. And, and in that moment, I looked at all the people there voting for me. And I was like, whoa, I am the real deal. I am so good. I might not have, I might not have said this, but that, that was what is happening in my heart and my mind. Friends, this, this inflated view of self became so real that 
it became so hard for me to see my own flaws i still struggle with it and the flaws that i'm aware of i work my best to hide them to suppress them i don't want the people to see hey this is my view this is how people see me i have to carefully guard it and then it all becomes about guarding that image that you are building you start to become a slave to the image of yourself you are building constant fear of hey if they find out what if they find out i am not this what a cursed way to live in my friends no freedom you are a slave to your own inflated self that you are building doing life in the city when there's always someone who is better than you you are constantly building an image of yourself at work that is more than what you are a personal brand that's the big thing now right build a personal brand we are forced to do this and in no time we are serving the view of our own selves and become slaves to it i do believe a lot of us are struggling with this the most pressure put on us is by our own selves the psalmist is helping us see who we really are and who god really is that's why god in his grace brings us into situations where we can't help ourselves the people whom we counted on before who came through for us can no longer come through for us that is god's grace in our lives allowing us to put our trust completely in him going to him and saying you are omnipotent you are sovereign you are eternal i am frail flawed and fickle my trust is in you friends how do we really go grow in valuing god and praising god through the 9 to 5 in the week and not just on church how do we do this growing in a lifestyle of praise just as we've seen we cannot grow in a lifestyle of ongoing continuous praise if these two realities of who we are and who god is is constantly at the forefront of our hearts and minds it will be impossible as long as we have our inflated view of ourselves and a diminished view of god logically we will never praise god so how do we correct this is there a tangible way where we can see the reality of who we are and the reality of who god is a tangible picture there is we get to see this when we look at jesus 
on the cross. At the cross, we get to see two realities, my friends. The first thing is who God is and who man is. It gives us an accurate picture of who man really is and who God really is. It shows us who man really is because Jesus, the son of God, became man. He wore flesh and blood and lived that perfect life of praise and trust in his father. But when he went upon that cross, he took your sin and mine of self-praise, self-influation. He took that sin and he hung on that cross, cursed by God because he went in our place. This is what Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hung on a tree. Friends, when we look at Jesus at the cross, broken, bloodied, weak, cursed, it helps us see who we really are. This this posh get up, this, this, this prim and proper image of ours shatters when we look at Jesus on the cross because that that is supposed to be us. Can we see our own souls when we look at Jesus on the cross in our place? The second reality we get to see is a glimpse of who God really is. The psalmist says, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Christ is the help that came from the God of Jacob. Who keeps faith faith forever. He keeps our faith forever with his work on the cross. Who executes justice for the oppressed. Sin oppressed us. It continues to oppress us. But thanks be to Jesus who has won the victory on the cross. Sin is now powerless. We see the effects of it. We see the power of it. But when we run to Jesus, we see that our sin has no longer power upon us. The Lord sets the prisoners free. We, are, we were prisoners to our sin. The Lord, Jesus, on that cross, set us free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind We were blind to our own sinfulness. We are still blind. We don't see all of our sin yet. But the Lord in his grace is slowly, incrementally opening our eyes to our own sinfulness. Letting us see the depths of it. The Lord loves the righteous. He loves the righteous so much that when Jesus died on the cross, he took took Christ's righteousness and he clothed us in it. So he can love us. Deeply flawed, deeply sinful, wretched human beings covered in the perfect righteousness of Christ. As we look at this cross daily, intentionally, we look at the reality of who we really are. And who God really is. And then our hearts will erupt in praise. In seasons good and bad. I know that it's easy to praise God when everything is going well. But we struggle to praise God when things are not going well. But even in those seasons, we see 
our own sinfulness and God's perfection and how much Christ has bridged the gap between both of that and our hearts will erupt in praise. We will, we will surrender. We will trust Him with all of our life. All the, the pressure that we face at work, the pressure that the culture puts on us seems weaker and weaker as we gaze even more and more upon the cross of Christ. You know, this, this famous hymn by Isaac Watts perfectly summarizes our response to the cross. He says, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Friends, this is a real life of praise when we survey the wondrous cross. We can truly like the psalmist, say, I will praise the Lord with all of my being as long as I have my being when we survey the wondrous cross and we see the reality of who we are and who God is. Followers of Jesus, the praise that flows from the cross of Christ is the cure for our inflated selves. It frees us to see who we are and it frees us to see who God really is. If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, how is this meaningful to you? You know, the cry of our culture today is, see me for who I really am. See me for who I really am. We are sick and tired of pretending. And not just that, we want to be loved for who we really are. All the good, the bad, and the ugly. But this almost seems impossible. Because even when we start with our own selves, there are things in our own selves which we don't really like. The reason why we, we, we have a, a picture of ourselves, an inflated view of ourselves, by hiding all that we don't really like is because there are things that we don't really like. Here's the beauty of Jesus. In him, we are both fully known and we are fully loved. We are fully known and we are fully accepted. He sees us for who we really are. He sees all the good, 
the bad and the ugly. He sees the ugly of ourselves that we don't already see yet. He sees the extent, the depths of our ugly. And he says, I love you more than anyone else can. And here's the beauty of this love. This love doesn't ignore the ugly. It's not indifferent to the ugly. This love died for the ugly so that we, so that he can transform that ugly into something beautiful. In Christ, we are both fully and deeply known and we are also fully and deeply loved. Would you like to explore this Jesus a bit more meaningfully? Would you like to reach out to any of us and we'd love to walk this journey with you? In him, we don't need to pretend. He sees us for who we really are and he loves us. Let me just pray for us even as I bring this time to a close. Jesus, you indeed are worthy of my all. My soul needs to praise you for my own good. My own sinfulness is healed when I praise you, Lord. My own sin of this inflated view of myself that I'm building is, is, is addressed, is cured when I praise you. Holy Spirit, when you allow my heart to praise, that is all my inflated self needs to see who I really am. Would you help me praise Jesus with all of my life like the psalmist says as long as I live with all my being help me to deeply praise this Jesus by fully trusting in him for every area of my life and our lives we worship you Jesus we worship you in your name we pray Amen Amen